So I told the choir this morning that um, my notes for the message today are 30 pages long. Here's the good news. It's an 18-point font because of my aging eyes. But um, I have a lot that, uh, that I really feel has been placed on my heart to share today as we think about um, who we are, who God is leading us to be um, in the future. So would you bow with me and um, we'll ask the Holy Spirit to give us some leading and some guiding and then I'll share my thoughts with you. God, we thank you for your presence with us today that we've already known and felt in this time of worship. You were here way before we were. You preceded us to this place. You will linger after we're gone, but certainly we count on you being um, present and known while we're here. We pray that by the leading and guiding of your spirit, you will um, lead us through some words today that will help us be continue our faithfulness and to lean into your preferred future. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I've said, today I'm sharing a State of the Church um, address uh, that's a little bit different for us. And so the question might be, why are, uh, why are you doing this today? Well, we've been through a very challenging couple of years. Everything we knew as normal in all areas of our lives have been turned upside down. And yes, that includes the church. We have been through um, a very difficult period as pastors and church leaders, as those across the globe will report that this has been likely the two most difficult and stressful years they have ever experienced in ministry. And that includes me and your staff here at Trinity. Little did we know how long this pandemic would be. I remember how clever I thought I was when I decided to close the building for two weeks back in March of 2020. What a bold and daring step I took. Well, um, little did we know how long that crisis would take. So both our staff and the leadership of the church had to wrestle with all kinds of questions like, what does church look like during a pandemic? How in the world are we going to keep track of and stay connected with all of you who we love so much? And I will tell you that we worked like crazy to stay connected, to know what was going on in your lives, to even know that you were still out there. We tried hard, but honestly, there are some cases we just absolutely lost track. And that was hard for us. Would people still think that their church loved them or cared about them? Are we doing what we need to do to help folks continue to grow in their faith in Jesus? And of course, the haunting question was always, what are we not doing right now? What we did know is that things were fundamentally going to change and we wanted to be ready to be a faithful, thriving congregation both during the pandemic but especially on the other side, whatever that looks like. Lots of stuff has been happening behind the scenes to get ready. I'm going to say some specific things about that more towards the end. The predominant wisdom of church think folk out there is that churches really needed to work on a reset plan so they could have vital ministry. So I've talked about the state of the church as the words I like to use with some people and some leadership of the church. And then I got this encouragement when people would say, Wade, the whole church really needs to hear you say these things, uh, not just here in these smaller conversations. So what better place to do that in the context of worship where we are most gathered as a church. So here, here goes. There are three major sections, those of you who like to have a roadmap or so that when we get to a point, you can kind of go, 
whew, he's finally in that last section, and we can bring her to a close. So here are the three direct, uh, places I'm going to go. First of all, how are, things, how are things going? And then secondly, I want to talk about growing edges. Growing edges are places where we really need to be putting attention and where I intend to lead us in uh, putting some attention in the life of the church. And then a section on a little bit of, what, uh, of the future. So let's start with how things are going. All in all, given the challenges of the past couple of years, I would like to say we are in pretty good shape. And we have a lot to celebrate here at Trinity. And I want to celebrate some of those things today. One of the things I want to start with is mission and service. 2022 alone has shown a robust response uh, to finding ways for you to serve your neighbor both locally and globally. Our local mission partnerships are active. Let me name just a few of them. Pizza making for Friends of the Homeless, the NEMAP Pantry, New Life Community Outreach, Little Bottoms Free Store, YWCA Family Center, Bethlehem on Broad, Community Refu uh, Refugee and Immigration, where Trinity welcomed, helped establish, and continues to support a refugee family from Afghanistan. And of course, our ministry we like to call Love the 614. And here's some highlights just since this past Christmas, just since Christmas. Our Love the 614 ministry, you packed 18,400 meals so that 1,840 Columbus public school children could have a nutritious breakfast and lunch every day during their spring break. At Christmas, we raised $54,000 to partner up with RIP Medical Debt Organization that takes our contribution and has ways they can multiply it. So because of your gift at Christmas, $5.4 million of medical debt has been retired in, uh, for people in their, in their lives. We had down at the NEMAP uh, uh, pantry, we had 38 unique, that means additional to those of you who typically serve, uh, volunteers who served this year at NEMAP. We gathered over 16,000 laundry pods for families here in Columbus for whom having laundry detergent is a luxury. We raised $4,000 to build a well uh, for an orphanage in India with whom we have a relationship. And one of our own Trinity members has started and is running a foundation to prepare to build a, a new building for those children. We fed 200 children for a month through the Rice Bowls Initiative. And I think that number is going up because I saw some Rice Bowls come in today. We delivered six large boxes of clothing, gently used clothing to the New Life Center here in Columbus. You donated 10,000 diapers and wipes to Little Bottoms Free Store. You donated generously to UMCOR, which is the United Methodist Committee on Relief around the challenges with Ukrainian refugees. And we have enabled immediate relief and United Methodists are on, on that front line of assistance to those refugees. And your gift was put along with other United Methodist gifts and already $2 million have been released and are being used among refugees um, uh, Ukrainian refugees. Trinity, you did it. You made and are making an impact in thousands of lives in just the past few months. Now, of course, I could have added significantly to that list and to my time today if I'd looked back over a whole year. Um, but this stuff is just this year. 
and our mission folk are working hard on casting visions for how we can continue to serve. Thinking about the area of serving through the life of the church, we have another initiative that we deployed this year. It's called Volunteer Accelerator. This is a partnership with an organization who works with churches to develop a strategy to help people find what the meaningful place in that church's ministry is for them. And uh, one of the things that that calls for is for a survey for the folks in the church to complete. And then that data runs through an, a magic algorithm that identifies the top five possible matches of ministry in that local church that you might be wired um, to be a part of. Here's a staggering statistic that we learned. Trinity currently has 139 possible ways for you to serve the church. I knew there was a lot, but this number really kind of blew my mind. Over 200 of you took that survey. We're still crunching some of the data, but by the way, it's not too late to take it. If you haven't done it, it's available always on our website. And as your life situation changes, you might want to take it again so you can see what your top five areas are. So in the area of mission and service, I want to celebrate Trinity. You are serving Jesus in the world with your hands, your feet, and your voices. I want to talk about care a little bit, pastoral care. We have been intentional in providing care within our church and our community as well. Our grief share support group that Gary helps us with um, has cared for 24 people who have been traveling through grief of the death of a loved one, both in our congregation and in our community. In our loss of spouse ministry, um, we've walked with 21 people through that very difficult time most recently. Our Caring Cards ministry continues to reach folks. Our prayer ministry has prayed. Uh, the number they gave me was 10,000 prayers have been prayed recently. That's a great number. And then in our Keeping in Touch ministry, uh, to our senior members of the church, 58 people are reached every week through that ministry. Let's talk a little bit about worship. There's no way that I could ever express my gratitude to our worship teams, including staff and volunteers. The past couple of years have been a real challenge to deliver week after week, meaningful, spirit-filled, passionate worship services. From that very first Sunday in 2020, when we had to close down the building through a series of reopenings and reclosings, this team has worked every Tuesday morning working hard to plan worship for that Sunday and for Sundays to come. Lots of that stuff has worked out, a few of things not quite as we expected, but I would say that what we've been able to do and what they've been able to do uh, with regard to delivering worship has been extraordinary. Several of our new members who uh, have joined Trinity just this year um, joined us first online in the past two years. Each week we have been planning services that need to make sense whether you're sitting here in the room or you're online. You know, worship looks and feels very different depending upon whether you're here or online in our online campus. We want both to have a meaningful worship experience. And so I'm really grateful to our production team for how hard they have worked thinking about what new camera angles do we need. Is the lighting appropriate? Some of you might have noticed that I'm a little brighter these days standing here because of addition of, uh, of a light. It also makes you harder to see from up here. Uh, sound upgrades, equipment maintenance so that our online worship can be as seamless as possible. Through the season of Lent 
and Easter, with which we have just come through, we saw a significant uptick in both in-house and online worship attendance. In Lent, we averaged 412 in our 9 o'clock online service and 126 in our 9 o'clock in-house worship. At our 1030 service, we averaged 137 online and, uh, and 90 in-house. So our overall weekly worship attendance right now is averaging in 2022 780 worshipers per week. And if you're curious about our Easter Sunday statistic, 1,376 people uh, worshipped with Trinity on Easter Sunday. Now some other good news that's not directly related to worship but connected in some way is we're celebrating that we have already this year received 22 new members in the life of this church. There's more in preparation. This is really good news. We have some really exciting things that we're planning in worship coming up the rest of the year. You won't want to miss out. Let me talk a little bit about staff, church staff. 2022, as you know, is going to bring some significant changes to our staff. Of course, the exciting news of Pastor Katie Wheat's appointment to serve the Church of, of the Messiah in Westerville is a huge blessing to the kingdom of God. She will be serving, I want you to hear this, she will be serving as the senior pastor of the second largest United Methodist Church in all of central Ohio. That's like five or six counties, y'all. She's going to be the senior pastor of the second largest. If you're curious where we fall, we're number three. Trinity, you had a hand in this because you have been a place and have provided the arena where Pastor Katie has honed her skills, grown in all areas of pastoral leadership, has sharpened her preaching, and she's absolutely prepared for this massive step for the kingdom of God and in her life. I don't know about you, but you know we're not supposed to use the word pride in church, you know, one of the deadly, seven deadly sins, but I'll tell you I'm pleased, how's that one go, that two of our most recent associate pastors have left Trinity to go be senior pastors in significant pulpits uh, here in this area. And we'll have some time to celebrate Pastor Katie's ministry as June nears, you'll see her soon. Now, of course, everybody, when they hear a pastor is leaving, they start freaking out. <laughs> What's gonna happen? Who will our next pastor be? Well, friends, I am so excited and pleased that the Reverend Kim Wisecup is going to join our team and be here on her first Sunday, June 26th, as our new associate pastor. I find myself describing Kim in this way over and over again. She is a really deep pool, deep, deep well. She is deeply committed to Jesus. She's very articulate. She's a very good thinker and deeply, deeply compassionate. She's easy to get to know. And, um, and she is one of those people that when they walk into the room, they just bring a calming presence. Y'all know me well enough to know I need some calming presence in my life. Bailey Capper, who is the chair of our staff, Parish Relations Committee uh, here throughout now I'll call SPRC um, said this and I quote what energized me the most about the introduction conversation with Pastor Kim was her experience in helping those who have never known Jesus or those who have been hurt by the church find their way back to Christ through her leadership. It's the ability to connect with the current unchurched that will enable us to continue to grow God's kingdom here. Uh, gang, you are going to love her. 
Now, the second big change um, was actually effective uh, at midnight this morning, and that is our business manager and CFO, Wade Steen. Um, you know, some people have accused me of saying you thought there was only room for one Wade around there, but believe me, I love making room for two of us. Um, he's taken a very exciting new job, and that will require his full attention. I've often said of Wade Steen that he is one of those unique financial bean counter guys who brings his spiritual life to the job. What that means is that he's still a careful bean counter. He carefully monitors and has been leading us to be very good, the best stewards we can of any resources available to us. But the difference of bringing his spiritual life to it is he looks at the job in a slightly different way. For example, when the logical thing might be to say no about something that would use resources, like an obvious bean counter would, of course, Wade ponders more questions first, like, if we do this, does this build up the kingdom of God? If we do this, will this serve Jesus' work in the world? And if that answer is yes, then he will often, has often said to us, well, we need to do this, so we'll figure out a way. Rare is the church CFO who finds this balance. In my entire ministry, I've only worked with one other who was like that. Now, good news, Wade and Marty will still be members here at Trinity, and Wade will continue to serve well on the leadership board of the church, and for that, I am so grateful. Uh, Wade and Marty are here this morning. Would you two be willing to stand? I know you don't want to, but will you? And will you give them some love? These kinds of staff changes are also opportunities. It's opportunities for to evaluate whether we're currently staffed in a way that really serves our mission um, at this time. It's an ideal time to take a look at the staff, and SPRC and I are working on that um, hard right now. Um, sometimes we don't get to see what some of our ministry teams are doing because it's so behind-the-scenes stuff. So speaking of SPRC, they took on three major initiatives that they're working on this year. One of those is updating the current job descriptions for everyone on our staff. Uh, creating a new job performance evaluation tool for us and updating our employee handbook. So they're really busy on those projects. What is the state of the church address without talking about stewardship? So I want to talk about stewardship a little bit. I've got some good news for you. Because of your faithfulness in terms of generosity to the operating budget as well as cost-saving measures, we finished 2021 in the black. And a part of that good news is that it enables us to strengthen our operating reserves so our ministry can be sustained when we're in leaner seasons of the year. By the way, one of those lean seasons is summer, so we're about ready to roll into that. If you'd like to have a copy of the year-end um, balance sheet for 2021, there's one available out here in the atrium. But um, to be good stewards, we did not make all of the copies we would uh, for the people in the seats today because it will also be available online um, beginning tomorrow. If you go to the church website, look in the leadership board section, you'll find it there. Now, one of the greatest fears I had when the pandemic hit was how are we going to keep Trinity afloat financially? And you did it. You continue to be faithful and regular in giving. Thank you doesn't even begin to come close to expressing how much impact your generosity has had. Now this year so far, we're seeing that we're just a little bit behind. 
At the end of the first quarter, it's a little too early to tell what that means on the year. Our finance team is uh, taking a deep dive and looking at those numbers. But um, I, said to, I said to Wade, I said, well, maybe it's something like what I did when he gave me the March balance sheet and I saw that there was a deficit and then I realized that I had failed to get my tithe check in here uh, before the books closed in March and realized that my first quarter tithe would have more than covered the shortfall and put us in a, a, a much better position. So then I sheepishly ran home and got my checkbook and got caught up. So who knows, maybe some of you are in, a, in that same situation. Just a gentle reminder that um, might be it's a good time to check that out. Now one of the proactive things that we uh, did towards the end of the year last year is to enter into a relationship with an organization called Horizons Stewardship. They are dedicated completely to coming alongside churches and congregations to coach them in all areas of stewardship. That is, what is your culture of stewardship, understanding that feeling, uh, general fund campaigns, capital campaigns, they, they do all that stuff. And many of you completed an online survey for them as a part of their data collection. Thank you for filling that out, those of you who did that. What they're doing is taking a close look at our current culture of stewardship at Trinity. And as I said to you when we sent that survey out, we're not doing this to signal that we have a financial problem, but simply to learn about and to approach stewardship in the most honest, transparent, and faithful way that we can. Um, as I said to you at that time, it's kind of like going to the doctor for a physical, not because you're sick, but just needing to check everything out and make sure that you are well and that there are no underlying issues. So this is a financial stewardship physical that the church is taking. Because I take financial stewardship very, very seriously that I felt like this was a really important step for us to take. Now the leadership board is gonna get the results from that this week on Thursday. And I look forward to learning about uh, what we can know about Trinity's stewardship culture. And they'll also be giving us some prescriptions of how we move into the future. So again, thank you for your faithfulness. As I like to say, God gives us the mission and uh, your financial support is part of the fuel that makes it happen. So thank you. So along with things to celebrate, we got to talk about some growing edges. These are things that we need to be paying attention to. And you will notice that we will be paying attention to these as we move into the future. Um, and, and so I'm going to share a couple of these thoughts with you today. The first one is in the area of welcoming. Welcoming to all people. Because people matter to God, people matter to us. And because of that, our primary mission has to include being a place where anyone who wants to explore a, a relationship and a journey with Jesus Christ can find it here without reservation or without fear. That seems a little strange to some of us. Most of us would say, well, Trinity is a friendly and welcoming church. But I will tell you that's not how people always experience us. So let me share a couple of ways that that happens. First, in the area of guests. I think we made some big progress when we began to use the word guests rather than visitors. It's a different kind of feel. And as many of you know, I worked for several years in the hospitality industry. And one of the things we used to talk about frequently was guest experience. We wanted our guests to have the very best experience possible and uh, we, we would be the ones who would deliver on that promise so that there would be a potential return. As easy as it would seem for churches to do that, it's actually a challenge for lots of churches. 
When I served with the bishop on the cabinet prior to coming here to Trinity, I was in a lot of churches. And one of the questions I would often ask the folks in those churches was this. What do you think your strongest attributes are as a congregation? Can you guess what was always in the first or second slot of what they would tell me? They would say, well, we are a friendly church. And they were telling the truth. They all were friendly churches. The problem was that often their friendliness was mostly among those whom they already knew, right? What would it be like for guests? So I asked the question, what is it like for guests who visit Trinity? Are they greeted and welcomed by church folks other than the greeter or the usher or the pastor who we think it's their job to do that? Trinity, I'm going to be honest with you. This is not our strongest attribute. In my time here, I've had folks visit the church and report to me that not a person spoke to them the entire time they were here in the morning. Now, of course, there are those who had a totally opposite experience because there are those of you who have an eagle eye for some face that you don't recognize. But I think there are a couple of things that make us not as good as we could be in welcoming folks. One of those is, this is where our friends are. And sometimes it might be the only opportunity in the week that we get to see and talk to them. And that's awesome. And I want that to always be a part of our culture. I get that. But sometimes we get so wrapped up in that piece that we miss somebody who walks by or somebody who is a guest. Perhaps if we could uh, raise our consciousness and look for new folks, we could also, we could enjoy our friends every week, but we could also welcome someone visiting and include them as well. I think there's another thing that happens um, that's a part of that, not just because we're hanging with our friends, but also because Trinity is such a large congregation. Uh, we see someone we don't we don't think we've ever seen before and we wonder if they're visiting or have I just missed them all along, right? Some, uh, some of you have said to me, well, I'm kind of afraid of getting embarrassed if I ask somebody if they're visiting with us and they say, well, I've been a member here for 25 years. Where have you been, right? <laughs> hey, y'all, I did that two weeks ago down in the other worship service. I walked up to somebody with my usual line, hey, I don't think I... I, I, I know you. My name's Wade. Have we met before? And the response was, we've been coming to church here for two years. Well, thankfully, they came during the pandemic, and I blamed it on only having been able to see their eyes for two years. So next hour, when they hear me say that, they'll know that it was them. And it's really not just about their eyes. So gang, let's do this. It's worth the risk. And if it's helpful, I hereby, by the power vested in me, absolve you of any error you might make asking somebody if they're a guest and they've been a lifelong member because it's worth the risk. So the area of welcoming. There's another area of welcoming that I think we need, that we will be paying attention to, and that is the area of inclusion. Now, you, you might have noticed that earlier I used the word fear as something someone might feel coming into the church and maybe that word caught you off guard or surprised you i hope it did it often surprises folks to learn that the church is a place where there are a lot of people who are afraid to try or feel like they may not be safe or or welcomed 
Maybe some are surprised because it just doesn't dawn on us. What I want us to, be, to remember about most of us is that we are the kinds of people who are living in life situations where we don't almost never have to think about these kinds of things. Because we are people who have very easy access to just about everything or any place that we want to go. So it's not always on our mind. But gang, there are those for whom church has been an unsafe, scary place to go or be. For a variety of reasons, they, they have been given the message by the Christian church writ large that because of who they are, how they identify, their culture, their ethnicity, you name it, that list is pretty long. And often we use one label to lump all of those and we talk about marginalized population. Church often feels unsafe, that they would not be welcomed and that they would not be included. Trinity has to be a place where anyone who wants to explore a relationship with Jesus um, can find it here without reservation and without fear and know that they would be safe here and welcomed. I think a question we have to wrestle with often is how we understand the word welcome. Does the word welcome mean our doors are open to anyone who wants to walk through them? That's often, I think, the way we think about it. Or could welcome mean our doors are open to you and I'm glad you're here and I want to get to know you? It's a very different kind of welcome. Or maybe even say, would you want to sit with me today? Or would you like to join me this Saturday because we are going to be packing meals for starving children around the world. I'd love for you to join me. Whether we've known somebody for 50 years or known them for three minutes, making sure that they know they're welcomed, that they're cared for, that they belong here, that we want them here, uh, we've got to be better about doing that and saying that on a consistent basis. And growing, we need to continue to grow as a welcoming church. I think that's one of our growing edges. A new area that I want to talk about um, as a growing edge is the area of discipleship. Now, um, discipleship is just a fancy church word that we use for going deeper and growing in our faith. Uh, those of you who were around here six years ago on my first Sunday will remember that I said to you that I have a three-part strategy for being a pastoral leader in a church. And those three pieces are say yes to Jesus, uh, going deeper, and get going. Those are my three kind of functions. Um, what I mean by that is that, is that I want to lead a church that's a place where somebody can say yes to Jesus for the very first time or maybe the 1,000th time. It is being intentional and making a decision to be a Jesus follower and let that decision inform all area of our lives. And then that second part, go deeper, is about discipleship. Sunday morning worship is just not adequate to develop a faithful relationship with God through Christ. It requires a deeper dive through things like spiritual disciplines and study groups and classes and reading, those kinds of things. And of course, that third part is get going. And I already talked about that in our mission and service area. Do something as a result of our faith. Well, with regard to discipleship, Trinity wants to make that happen for folks. Uh, the challenge that is pretty predominant among Christians these days is that many approach their personal discipleship from this perspective. That's something my church does to me or for me. They help, they, they do my personal growth for me or to me. 
our growing edge is to nurture a culture where we are actively deciding to take pride and ownership and responsibility for our own personal discipleship pathways. Uh, we often say, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Well, maybe it's not only leading folks to water, but also walking to the water with them. Trinity is here uh, to resource, to support, to help organize, to help you do that. Make no mistake. We take responsibility as a church seriously for that, and we want to make that happen. So look for opportunities to, um, that the church provides, but also help us help you know what you need for your personal discipleship and how we can come alongside you and make that happen. As I often say, we want to be deep followers of Jesus, not just surface followers. And I promise you, the deeper you go, the more fulfilling and more joyous your life will be. In this area of discipleship, it also includes ministry to children and students. I will tell you that I'm very concerned about how the, pandem how the pandemic has impacted our great momentum we had in our ministry to children and to uh, students, to teenagers. And let me assure you that I and we are working on that. And I'm, I'm optimistic about it. You've already seen a little bit of fruit from that effort recently. For example, we had a great participation in our Bible 101 class for, um, for children. And uh, that positioned us very well because uh, to get ready for last Sunday's Bible Sunday, um, the current count is right around 140 children received Bibles um, last week and worship both here and online. That's something to really celebrate. Now, it's my hope and prayer that families with children and students um, would take their spiritual uh, development as a priority as we ramp up. Um, also, one of the challenges that we have is that the number of volunteer servants um, have not just have just have not returned uh, at this since before the pandemic. We need more folk to make this thing happen. Maybe God is calling you to be a servant, and it doesn't mean that you're getting a lifelong job that's huge. We have all kinds of sizes of jobs for all different periods. Would you pray about supporting those ministry? Another area uh, that I think is a um, growing edge for us that I want to talk about is the reality of our current cultural divides. Um, you know that stuff that we see on TV and we probably participate in ourselves? It walks right through the church doors with us as well. I want to say that if there's any place where an alternative needs to be and should be modeled, it is the church of Jesus Christ. Our culture is more and more divided. There's been a trend over lots of years of be becoming more and more divided. Neighbor against neighbor, division within our communities, division within our, our schools, within our own families, and even within the church. And it centers around all kinds of things like economics and politics and social issues. And it's not easy because people feel passionately about those things. What I try to keep my eye on is, though, is something like the Apostle Paul was addressing and working on in the Corinthian church. Um, boy, that Corinth church was divided and split up into groups and factions. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, you know, there's this one part where P Paul is writing in the first letter he wrote. He goes, well, some of you say, well, I'm going to follow Peter. And others you say, well, I'm going to follow Apollos. I'm going to follow the other one. I'm going to follow Paul. And Paul was like, no, 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 stop that. Um, what this is about is you are to follow Christ and Christ alone, Christ 
is the one who leads. Trinity, why can't we be the model of a different way than this one that's so exhausting that dominates our culture right now? That's one of our growing edges. Another area I want to talk about um, is the culture of invitation. I want to... Um, I want to name this last one uh, of the growing edges. Um, there are a couple of folks at Trinity who are really good at inviting friends and family to come and give Trinity a, pro a try as a place to explore their faith. For the most part, though, invitation is not a strong point for us. There was once a time when you could just hang out your shingle as a church and people would come. There was a time when in this community of the Tri-Village, Trinity was among the couple of churches that if you lived here, you went to that church. That's no longer a reality, nor is it any longer an option. All of the really smart people who study church stuff will say that the vast majority of people who come to a church came because they were personally invited by someone else. So look for opportunities with others to invite them into the wonderful journey of following Jesus like you enjoy. And perhaps that could even happen here with you at Trinity. So I want to move now to kind of the final section. And that's just a look ahead at some of the stuff that uh, your leadership board is working on. I've been doing a tremendous amount of work for over a year. If you're counting, I'm on page 26. <laughs> Vortigo. We knew that the pandemic was a fundamentally changing event for the world and for the church, and that it was going to require some intentional thought and planning for what in the world a post-pandemic church was going to be like. So we took a deep dive, and we've, been spending more, have been spent, we've spent more than a year working on that. And we started by asking questions like this. What are Trinity's core values? I mean, what do we even value? And um, what are some aspirational values for us at Trinity? What's the purpose of our church? Why do we even exist? What is God counting on Trinity to be and do for the sake of the kingdom of God? So what will an effort like this do for Trinity? Well, it helps us be a lot more clear about who we are and what we value as a church. It better defines for us how to appropriately invest our limited resources and be good stewards as we fund ministry. You know, there are lots of great ideas about ministries a church can do. I can always tell when summer's here and y'all are visiting other churches because a week doesn't go by that somebody doesn't come back and say, hey, I visited First Church over in that city in that state and they're doing this thing and we really ought to be doing that here or why are we not doing that here? Well, gang, they're all great ideas, right? But the things we need to do have to be in alignment with the core values of the church. What being clear about our values does is gives us appropriate guardrails to keep us focused on our mission so we can have the most impact in the world. So next week, I'm going to start a series, a three-week ser series called Build My Life. Build My Life. And in those three weeks, we're going to explore the whole idea of values. We're going to talk about what is a what are personal values that, that, that you hold in your own life? And what are kingdom of God values? And then we're going to talk about what are Trinity's core values. So as you can see, there's a lot to celebrate. We're a strong and vital church community. We do have growing images, though. Are there limitations? Yes. Are there issues to work out? Of course. But I'm reminded of what the angel said to Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she found out she was going to be Jesus' mama. The angel said, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. 
Let it be with me according to your word. Do you see what's going on in there? The angel's reassuring us that nothing is impossible if God is involved. And then we see Mary saying, I want to be a part of making that happen. That's my dream and my hope for us here at Trinity. I love being your pastor. I love being a part of your community. I consider it an incredible honor and a huge responsibility to stand in this place and to be your pastor. So I want to say thank you again for the ways that you make Trinity a significant community of faith. Um, on days like today, we get a chance to see God's hand in what we do and who we are. And we get to think about what is yet to come. For a long time, you remember we were praying what we called our 320 prayer, our breakthrough prayer. Every afternoon at 320. I think a lot of, have fallen off of that. But um, maybe want to revive that a little bit. And I want to close with that prayer because I think it's relevant even for us today. And then our choir is going to um, share an anthem with us. And we're going to come to the communion table um, as a reminder that Christ draws us all together as we share from a common table. So let us pray. And if you remember the words, you can join me. God, I pray that you would break through at Trinity in ways far more than we could ask or imagine. Amen and amen.